Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the history of Election Day. So grab the Tuesday next after the first Monday in the month of November. And let's get civical. Distinguished guests of the show. Oh, good evening and good morrow. And good day and good night. (laughs) To you and you and you. I thought I would would shake it up a bit. You shook it and everything fell out of the tree. And it was great. Everything's out of the tree. Everything's out of the tree. So welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I'm Arden Walentowski. And we are recording this at an off time, which as listeners of the show know, means that it's gonna be a weird one. Things are gonna get wild. Like newborns, when we get off our cycle, God knows what's going to happen. All Mm -hmm. bets are off. It's evening, which is when we do kind of our strangest work. So I'm interested to see what comes out today, or if we can manage to keep it together for the next 35 to 40 minutes. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Neither one of us have had dinner, but that's true. we we also don't have drinks in hand, so that will mitigate the crazy. That's true. Right? I can't promise that I'm going to be able to sustain good reading (laughs) <laughs> Not that I'm a solid reader to begin with, but that's where I feel like the wheels of the bus are going to fall off for me. I, I feel like halfway through, I'm going to start losing the the gift of the English language <laughs> and the written word. <laughs> I will. I might at some point. The 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 state would, whose name I always fuck up is not in these notes by any means. Oh, thank God. But at some point, I may, of course, find a reason to say it, and I will say the wrong, I will say it the incorrect way. I love that. I love that. And So I, I love the sort of infinite possibilities of mm-hmm. this episode and how we are going to either crush it or make it weird, which yeah. is, I think, an appropriate tone to set before talking about the history of Election Day. Yes. I think an odd history, a history that's still being written, 
obviously we're doing this ahead of an election day. It's coming up in the beginning of November. Every November there's an election day. It Not as happen. big as the last. But <laughs> no no. But no no. This one's one rather nonetheless. Yes. This one feels very anticlimactic, but still important in some ways, mainly state and local elections. Amazing. So I feel like <laughs> let's jump in. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about today's sources? Yes. Today's Sarsha Ronan sources are tridandtruehistory.com. Yes. Always. Her stepsister, Britannica. Cute. <laughs> Cute. We, we love Britannica. Love Britannica. Uh, and, and like, not a horrible name for a girl, Britannica. I mean, I wouldn't do it to somebody, but like. Sure. It has a certain it's... ring to it. Right, right. Also, great article by uh, Selena Simmons Dufin. Great article on NPR. And a report by Ben Lubsdorf, who's with the Congressional Research Service. I don't know if we've done, if we've used a lot of their, we have. I know we've used reports for them before, but yeah. I love, I love the Congressional Research Service because it's yeah. like they do, they just put everything so plainly mm. in a Give document. Give it to me. Like, like white bread with butter. Yes. Plain. Plain. That's exactly what they do. And I feel like, like when I read them, I'm like, oh, it's kind of like if you or I in like in our, like if we did, if we as a podcast wrote a report, but without humor, mm. that's what it would ah, be. You know what sure. I mean? <laughs> yeah. Could we do it without humor? I don't think it's possible. Then it wouldn't I be wouldn't, the show. I wouldn't have a role. <laughs> it wouldn't be here. And it would be boring <laughs> AF. Sorry, Ben. But it would be boring. Because they would just be yeah. me being like, in 1845, the Congress passed blah, blah, blah. And the state of Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> just whenever anybody opened a report with the state, it would just go, psh, Oregon, psh, Oregon. Oregon. <laughs> uh, oh, I yeah. love it. I love it. I love all it. Right. Shout out to all the sources. All the sources. So let's jump in and we're gonna talk about what is election day yes let's what? let's talk about it what is it how does she work talk to me like i'm five great great i have done this talking to my goddaughter about election day it is an experience that i have this section of notes is coming from the congressional research service so what is election day election day is the day legally established to select public officials in the United States, general elections for federal offices, a.k.a. the president, vice president, and U.S. Congress, are held on the Tuesday after the first Monday in November in even-numbered years. I, what a yummy, succinct I know. definition. Yeah, that's it. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. That's it. Citizens vote for president and vice president every four years, House representatives every two years, and senators every six years. This excludes special elections to fill unexpired terms. So somebody so many leaves special early. Elections. Yeah, so many special yep. elections. Somebody leaves early, somebody dies, they get replaced. There's a special election for the House representatives, not the president and the vice president. Right. Sorry. Or the for the sen- congressional elections. Well. For the senator, yes. yeah, for the congressional elections, not president and vice president. Correct. 
state and local elections are often, but not always, held on the same day as federal elections. And yeah, New York City elections, like that's like that is the big thing for us in the Mm -hmm. place that you and I live in, because Mm -hmm. New York City elections are a day, a week from today. Today's Tuesday, a week from today. They're in an odd numbered year for like no real good reason. Because New York is New York. New York is New York. And she's, and she's a troublemaker. And we love each other. Mm-hmm. The Constitution and federal statutes provide a structure for elections and voting in the United States, but election administration for federal elections, not state and local elections, is primarily a state responsibility. The Constitution does not designate a specific day for holding elections. So the Founding Fathers were just like, I don't know, like, just choose your favorite. Whenever you get around Whenever to you it. Whenever you want. Yeah. It's all good. Whenever, whenever it fits best in your schedule, that works for me. Just send it. Just send a calendar invite, and if we have to move it, I'll move it. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. The Constitution allows states to choose the quote times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives, close quote. But it permits Congress to make or alter those state rules, except as to the places of choosing senators. Because remember, way back when the state legislatures chose the senators for each state right what a crazy it's a crazy idea for a democracy to be like you know what let's not have an election (laughs) we don't talk about it enough where they're like there's just a point forget the people forget it forget it we'll just let those We'll just let those other people. I mean, they were kind of elected by the people. The people yeah, voted. Yeah. So you obviously know, they're like going to kind choose... of related to, you know, Britney Spears. It's like, right. yeah, just, if you crunch the course. numbers, it all adds up. It all adds up. It's all there. Of course. The Constitution also empowers Congress to select the time for choosing presidential electors for the Electoral College and the day all states electors vote for president and vice president. So they're like, they're putting like some time constraints on it, but really not towards the election. It's like the election of the uh, the electoral college electors. They really sort of, they really, the founding fathers were like, you, you choose. You You pick the date. I'm so tired. Just let us know what it is. It's fine. Whatever you choose. You just pick it. You pick it. Love that. Speaking of founding fathers, let's talk about voting policies of your and yesteryear mm-hmm. back in Hamanashah, Hamanashah, because I bet it's different from now. <laughs> it different. It different. It different. It different. So these notes are coming from history.com, the uh, Congressional Research Service article, and also the NPR article. So... The story is going back to the founding fathers. Put yourself there. The Constitutional Convention just met for a very brief time during the summer of 1787, says historian Don Ritchie. By the time they got finished, they were exhausted and hadn't made their minds up about a lot of things. We've heard this before where they <laughs> go through the whole process and are like, oh, my God, we still have like a bullet list of things we haven't figured out. Let's yes. let's rapid fire solutions right now. <laughs> we got to get to the pub. Got to get to the pub. They were very tired. So they left the <laughs> question of when federal elections should be held undecided 
undecided. They said, you know, <laughs> let's table the question of when federal elections should be held. Let's just I, table it until just, next year. Put a pin on it. We'll circle back around and square that point in a few years. In but a few years. in a few years, I don't got time. So fine. Something will shake out. Yeah. Something will shake out. It's it's nothing to worry about. We created the democracy. What more could it go wrong? Oh my god, I know. Like, <laughs> hello, three branches. That was us. <laughs> that was us. That was so smart. Look at us. Oh my god, we're very smart. Without figuring out when federal elections should be held, laid out, states were left to decide their own voting dates, which meant several decades of electoral chaos. The historian Don Ritchie describes it as, quote, crazy quilt of elections held at all different times all over the country, which, I mean, yeah, you leave them up to their own devices. They're going to be like, I'm going to do it this way and I'm going to do it over here and I'm going to do it over here. We still do it all different ways. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Knowing the early voting results could affect turnout and sway opinion in states that held late elections, and those same last-minute voters could potentially decide the outcome of the entire election, Congress created the current election day in the hopes of streamlining the voting process. So they were like, okay, we're all going to agree on the one day for everybody because let's say a candidate was leading and, you know, 40% of, or 40%, 40 states had already done their voting and there were only 10 states left and there was a clear winner or a clear lead, more than likely that person would probably get an unfair advantage because people see them as the lead. Right. So what if we did it all on the same day? Crazy. Don't know why the founding fathers couldn't come to that. They they shouldn't have let them cheat. It's cheating. You don't get to know the answer beforehand. You don't get to cheat. I know. It's true. You you, you know the answer to the test before you take the test. Mm -hmm. Popular elections for representatives were held between November 24th, 1788 and June 22nd, 1789. Senators, at the time, were selected by the state legislatures, which was originally what the Constitution had decided they would be, how they would be selected. Yep. Different states chose presidential electors in different ways, some by popular votes and other by legislatures. So in 1845, the 28th Congress set a single date for states to appoint presidential electors, which we love. One date. Mm -hmm. Everybody chooses it. One date. We all show up. As travel and communication methods became faster in the 19th century, potential manipulation and fraud concerns grew due to different election days in different states. The 34-day period for which elections could be held prolonged excitement and provided time for more intrigue. Members of the House, when debating a bill in 1844 that would set a uniform presidential election day across the country, declared the goal was, quote, to guard against frauds in the elections of president and vice president. So finally, in 1845, the 28th Congress set the Tuesday next after the first Monday in the month of November... Can we talk about that sentence? It's I'll nuts. say it again. The 28th Congress set, quote, the Tuesday next after the first Monday in the month of November. Just it's say, a riddle. It's an LSAT riddle. 
isn't it also, correct me if I'm wrong, the first Tuesday of November? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, there's. Or is there a reason coming There's up? a reason because, that it's not okay, that. Okay, there's I'll a reason it, that I'll it's not it. that. Yes. Okay, Keep great. listening but and we'll tell you, you why see, it doesn't you say that. You can see how it's like, or this could be I, the first Tuesday. Lizzie's like, am I just the smartest or the dumbest person in the room? Am I, I don't get why they wouldn't just say that. Why not just say that? Okay, there's great. a reason. Well, I'll, hold, I'll pause. I'll wait yeah. for the moment. I'll wait for the okay, big great. reveal. Great. They said the Tuesday next after the first Monday in the month of November as the date for states to appoint presidential electors, the first unified presidential election day ended up being November 7th, 1848. So it took us, oh, do the math, 70 years? Yeah. Give or take when you started this country, had to get a uniform election day. Yeah. I love uh, that. Before that, it was like, you have... There was this like 34 day period. You have 34 days, just anytime, anytime, and there. Anytime, any place, you let us know. You let us know. You hold it Love and it. you tell us what you decide. Now that. Now that. Later in 1872, the 42nd Congress aligned House elections with presidential elections by scheduling them for, quote, the Tuesday next after the first Monday in November. <laughs> this is going to haunt me. Starting in 1876 and, quote, in every second year thereafter. So now the House is aligned with the president's yes. and the vice president election. Yep. Senators are still being yep. nominated Yep. by the states. Before the 17th Amendment was ratified in 1913, state legislatures elected senators in 1914, however, the 63rd Congress aligned popular election of senators with the biennial, <laughs> tough word, <laughs> very biennial good. House elections. <laughs> Is oh that right? Oh my God, that was great. No, it was just your face. Okay. Well, because I just see the word so biennial good. written out is is tough. Is tough it's to it's see. a weird. It's a weird. It's a I, weird one. It's a weird it's a word. Weird one. It's not how I would think to spell biennial i mean of course like no. phonetically it makes the sense e shouldn't but be there no it by but yes and the double n does make sense but it does confuse me to see it in print yeah it's like how i can't spell cabinet oh sure cabinet i mean don't even talk to me about cabinet no. so to recap all of that so from 1776 to 1845 everybody was just doing their own thing with elections yeah it was up to the states the states were deciding it was a mishmash or a quilt as they say yeah then 1845 rolls along 28th congress is like all right everybody's doing presidential electors on the same day and as we all know presidential electors are the ones who officially choose the president and vice right. president so that's 1845 when we get the president all aligned on one day for the states then the House joins up with that date in 1872. In 1872, the House joins the boat. Now the House and the President, all on the same date. Then finally, the Senators join the party mm -hmm. in 1914. And now all three sectors are being voted on on the same day when, of yes. course, their elections happen. Because there's, you know. Four years for president, two years for house, six ah, years for senators. Yeah. A lot of Tetrising. 
Yeah. But now we are all on the Tuesday next after the first Monday in the month of November. <laughs> well done. <laughs> and I'm Woo. glad I I'm glad I gave you so much practice saying the Tuesday next after the first Monday in the month of November. I mean, is that not a great band name or what? We are the Tuesday next after the first Monday in the month of November. Are you ready to rock? (laughs) God. I would die. I would love to see somebody attempt to do that. And just a slew of people being like, cricket, cricket, cricket. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so here's the big question. There's two big questions that we can ask. I'm going to ask and answer the first one, and Lizzie's going to ask and answer the second one. The first right. one is, why a Tuesday? Why, why a Tuesday? Why a Tuesday? Nothing against Tuesdays, but why? And why the Tuesday next after the first Monday? I beg of you to answer. I beg. Okay. So the answer stems, as it usually does with old-timey things, from the agrarian makeup of 19th century America, where farmers- I should, I should have known. Yeah. This has agrarian makeup of 19th century America written all over it. All over her. In the 1800s, most citizens worked as farmers. I just can't even imagine that right now. (laughs) So many farmers. So many farmers. If everybody that I knew was a farmer, I don't even know 
I don't even know. What would you talk about? I don't know. I don't know. And also, what would we... Shout out to the farmers, man. They're keeping us together. Yeah, they're keeping it together. Meanwhile, I like stare at a computer all day. In the 1800s, most citizens worked as farmers and lived far from their polling place, which we will recall. recall, They also lived far from their post offices. A lot of... They're not close to much. No, because they got Farms a lot of land. Big. Farms are big. They got a lot of yeah. land. They got to drive around in order to get to these places. Since people often traveled at least a day to vote, because they're also going by carriage or just horses, lawmakers needed to allow a two-day window for election day. Still, okay. some days. So they're thinking ahead. They're like, all right, we got to get people. That's fair. I am. I am a hundred percent with you. hundred percent with you. People got to clip clop, clip clop to the, to the election site. And then yeah. they got to do their thing. And then they got to go back home. So two days. Okay. Okay. Still, some days of the week were better than others. Two days were definitely out of the question. Most Americans were also devout Christians and thus set aside Sunday as a day of rest and worship. Obviously. Obviously. In God we trust. In God we trust. Wednesday in many areas was a market day when farmers sold their crops in town. We can't ask them to miss the day that they make their money. Very Very fair. Very fair. Very fair. In addition, a travel day was sometimes required. Like we said, in rural areas, it might be several miles away. And in an area before automobiles, that could take a while to get there. If people couldn't use Sunday or Wednesday as their travel day then that meant election day couldn't be on a Monday or a Thursday either. Mm. <laughs> and so it was perceived that Tuesday was the best option. I just have to say, I disagree. I think Friday. Friday? We're not talking about Friday at all because... It's true. Or Saturday. We're not talking about Saturday. Sure, we're not talking about Saturday, although I assume if people want to travel back on Sunday, that's the Lord's Day. We need to worship. Oh, but right. Friday, yes, yes, yes. We can travel on Thursday, which so far I have not seen why that's not an option. I don't get it. Election Day on Friday, you can travel back on Saturday. Nothing going on on Saturday. No. I mean, nobody asked me. Nobody asked me. Should it's they rude. have? I think so. I think so. But, you know, maybe it's different times. I don't know. I'm just saying. I, could you, we, we could have a national election on Fridays and that could just always be a big old weekend. Yeah. It would be so much easier yeah. to justify election day being a federal holiday, which as of right now, it is still not. So crazy. Still How do we not. we have Labor Day and not election day? Doesn't make sense. Election day is not a holiday. And I think a stronger case could be made if we had it as like a three day if we could, like, make it a three-day holiday. But you 100%. can't. It's it's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Can't have a four-day weekend. Oh, my God. What are we? Switzerland? Like, happy? Come on. What, what are you doing? So I guess people would travel on their horses on the Monday, mm-hmm. get a hotel room, and then vote either that evening or that Tuesday morning and then ride home and then go yeah, to the guess, market yeah. on Wednesday. I guess that's what we're talking about. All right. Yeah. All right. I see it. Meanwhile, my voting place is across the street. Sure. Different times. Different times. Different times. Different times. Still hard that... for people to get off work, though. It's it, Yes. Yes. Agreed. So the reason that Election Day was specified as the Tuesday after the first Monday, the Tuesday next, if you will, 
was to prevent it from falling on November 1st, the day that was considered unfavorable because sometimes Christians observed it as All Saints Day, and also because merchants typically took off the first day of the month to settle their books for the previous month. We are doing a lot of work. So, so, hold on. <laughs> this is like when you have five friends and you're like, that Tuesday doesn't work for me. I have it yoga. It doesn't work for me. I but have I'm yoga. confused <laughs> and it's because I'm tired and I'm hungry. So I don't have the ability to really figure this out. Yeah. How specifying the Tuesday after the first Monday. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Because if November 1st because was a Tuesday. If, the Monday, if Tuesday is November 1st, that mean that means Monday would be October. Halloween. Th- would be October 31st. Yeah. So it wouldn't be the first month. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's like cooking. it, but I understand. Oh my it's God. It's cooking. Okay. Okay. So nuts. Could you? Okay. I'm so glad that in a way this was decided way back in the day because we can't do this shit now. We wouldn't be, we would we never be, be able, able to, to agree. No, we would never be able to, to we agree. We wouldn't be able to agree. There just no. wouldn't be elections because we couldn't agree on a no, single just, day of the week. It would just be people walking in, taking over the seat and just. Yeah. I mean, thank does. God for the merchants, right? Who, right. Who, who guided, us, guided us here. The merchants and the farmers really yep. honed in a decision for us. I'm yes, not mad the, about it. I I'm still think it could have been Friday, but right. not yeah, mad. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And, and the Christians, these three groups. <laughs> the Friday after the first Thursday of every month, I think, could have done it. Uh, also Do you know works. What I mean? Also works. Also works. Okay. So that was why Tuesday answered a big question for me, obviously. Uh-huh. Yeah. But also, second question, why November? Why November? Would love to know. Gonna tell you. Or going back to the farms, obviously. Farm culture also explains why election day always falls in November. Spring and early summer elections were thought to interfere with the planting season. Fair. Fair. And late summer and early fall elections overlapped with the harvest. That left the late fall month of November after the harvest was complete, but before the arrival of a harsh winter weather as the best choice. This I don't have an argument with. No, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, and now no. I, I, I do think actually it's kind of like in the best position because, yes, if it's too cold, you still have to. It's not like we're taking, you know, the clip clop to the polling place yeah. anymore. But like we see lines where people stand outside and they stand in the cold and like there's harsh yeah. weather and hurricanes and snow and all of that. And yeah, so not great. December to March. Agree. Put that, take it off the table. And then summer, you know, in theory, people like they vacation, they go places like. Right. You don't want to have it during a time when like the population might not be there. For sure. For sure. So I agree. I agree. I agree. I have no problem. I agree with November. I'm not sold Mm -hmm. on Tuesday. No. I'll say that much. I'll say that much. I agree with your agreement and your dissent. And so I touched on this a little bit, but let's talk about the current election day. 
So election day is now a civic holiday, not a federal, but a civic holiday in several states, including Delaware, Hawaii, New York, New Jersey, and the territory of Puerto Rico. Many activists have called for election day to become a federal holiday so people can take time off without missing work. Yes, because not all states have early voting. Not yeah. all states have like kind voting hours, you know? Right. Some some states literally it's like 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. when you are supposed to be probably commuting to work and coming yeah. back from work. You don't have time to vote. Nope. So to not have a holiday or any early voting is, in my opinion, a form of voter suppression. Agreed. Calling it out. Calling 100%. it out. I agree. Other proposals to boost voter turnout include having elections take place over several days. So like early elections or early voting, like I was talking about. Or, as we saw in the last election... Allowing voting to take place by mail or computer. So we haven't seen computers yet, no, but by mail, either. absentee ballot. Yeah. That's obviously was a big thing in the last election because of the pandemic. I think overall it went well, despite what yes. others may falsely claim. Agreed. So if you have the opportunity to vote by mail and you qualify for that, I think it's a great way to still stay engaged without having to potentially miss work or miss pay. Agreed. So, as you can tell, Lizzie and I have some opinions about when Election Day should be, how it should be done, and we are not alone in those feelings. So, there are some current ideas for reform. So, although these, so these notes are coming from Britannica. Although Tuesday was chosen as a matter of convenience, voting on that day is now more commonly seen as a hindrance for various reasons that we've talked about. You can't. <laughs> Britannica and I are in sync. In sync. In sync. You can't work, you know, an eight to five and then have children and have like leave home at six because then everybody's going at 6 a.m. to go. I mean, no, that's not going to work out. Yeah. Less than two percent of Americans today are employed in agriculture. So the whole reason why we have this structure, that structure no longer dominates our economic health and life. So why are we still abiding by a system that we created for them? For the farmers. For the farmers. Not to dig the farmers. And many people work on Tuesdays throughout the year. It's not a day that people yeah. just I mean, it's called off. a nine to five. It's called a nine to five. Monday through Friday. Yes. Yes. As voter turnout rates declined over time, some people proposed that elections should be moved to the weekend. Clearly a proposal that we at least endorse or at very least endorse hearing out. Mm-hmm. Other suggestions include keeping Election Day on a Tuesday, but making it a federal holiday. Literally the bare minimum that you could do. Literally the easiest. Literally the easiest, easiest thing we could do. Bare Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Right. Because in some ways I feel like it's already treated like that in, in, in many ways. It's In some ways it's yeah. not. In like very important ways it's not. But like in some yeah. ways I'm like it it is treated like that. So just make it that. Like what? I don't right. understand the holdup. Well, just basically give people the opportunity to not lose out on pay. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's the big that's the biggest thing, right? Is that people right. have to, especially people who work hourly jobs, have to yeah. forego literal money for yep. survival. Yep. Or they have to choose between getting paid or voting. And most people, like I would, yeah, vote. To, or would prefer to get money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to, wanna, like, I would like to have dinner. 
I would like to have dinner. I'd like to be able to pay my bills or support my kids or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that. All of that. So while those particular efforts have not been successful, increased opportunities to vote early and by mail have had the effect of making Election Day less central to the voting experience than it once was. So it's not, yes, we are not like fully in the agrarian calendar, just voting on the Tuesday and riding back to our farms on later that day. There are states that have early voting by by mail voting, like Lizzie talked about. So it has expanded to be more modern friendly, modern. But even the expansions are coming under fire. And I will say this until I die. But people who are actively trying to prevent folks from voting are doing so to suppress the vote. It mm-hmm. is a form of voter suppression too, and I quote, not make election day a federal holiday or not move election day to a weekend or not have early voting options or not allow absentee voting because people do not want everybody to be able to vote because if everybody had the ability to vote equally, those folks would not be in power. End quote. I just quoted myself in this moment. I'd like to quote myself when I quote myself and say. I've said I'll say it till the day I die. <laughs> I love there it. is Great. no reason that we Great. can't move election day. There's no, no reason that we can't make it a federal holiday. That we can't do one of the things that would make yep. it easier for everybody to vote. I see the argument for not like as much as I think it should not be on a Tuesday. I see the argument for not moving it because it has been on a Tuesday for so long. And one of the things that's hardest like just in general is getting people to go to vote, you know, like yeah. for like from a campaign standpoint, like getting people to go to vote or just, you know, civic life in general, like there still are nearly half of Americans who don't do that. And so if it was a move to a different day, I can see where there would be drop off because people would be like, wait, what? Like, you know, I mean, and I don't know what that percentage would be, but like, it would confuse and it would confuse some number of people, you know, like eventually you sure. would think everybody would hear about it. Hey, ding-a-ling bell, yeah, we I mean, moved I election day. I think we day. live in the age of instant information. Yeah. You know, especially now it makes me a little less concerned. I think even like five years ago, this yeah. was much more of a concern than it is now. I yeah. mean, we know of things immediately. immediately it's crazy how quickly we learn information and how widespread we learn information we learn information very quickly from our telephones but there are groups of people who don't learn that information as quickly or have access to that kind of immediacy and and so anyway that's i i I fully support a conversation about it i love it and that's what and i fully support making it a federal holiday and many other things my thing is if we're not doing one like the fact that we're not doing any Any, of the options on a federal level level agreed agreed is voter suppression it's just voter suppression at work i agree i agree period i I gave you there's only one fun fact and i gave it to you because i love you okay and a gift to me uh, from you for the listeners Mm -hmm. so here we go favorite part of the episode it's fun facts fun facts fun facts fun facts fun facts we just have the one and i'm already excited about it so here it is 
liquor sales used to be prohibited on election day, which voter suppression. <laughs> voter suppression, the worst form. <laughs> Let the people worst drink. Worst voter suppression. Okay. A long tradition in American politics offered strong drink as an incentive for voters to turn out and support certain candidates at the polls. As of the early 1970s, alcohol sales were, quote, prohibited almost uniformly on election day, at least during polling hours, end quote. States abandoned the policy over time, and South Carolina, surprisingly, South Carolina lifted the nation's last statewide election day liquor ban in 2014. Like, that was, like, I, I, that was, that was so yesterday. That was yesterday. That was yesterday. Yeah. So crazy. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I bet you there was a handful of cases of some candidates being like, you want some liquor? Vote for me. And then and then instead of just going after those few individuals, they ruined the fun for everyone. Exactly. And banned liquor during bowling hours. Yeah. Because we're a bunch of losers sometimes. We're just a bunch of noobs. I'm like, let us party. Let us party. We are we are practicing the best, the best thing, the thing that makes us the the United States of America, and that is voting in a democratic election. Let us have a shot of tequila. Let us have a shot of tequila. I, I beg you. It, I beg you. I, it's, it's, I, I love this. I love because election day it. to me is always like, I mean, no. Do I go to the polls with a Bloody Mary in my hand? Have not yet. Would not put it past me. But, <laughs> but election day, like getting towards, you know, when you're going to hear the results of a presidential election. Oh, for sure. sure. Start sure. drinking very early, like four, five, six, because it's a long, it's a long road, and depending on what it's the election day, is. Oh my God! Like the no. Hillary Trump election, Jesus! Woof. Like I was like, I need to calm my nerves. And sure. if you were telling me that I couldn't have had my drinks while I was waiting for that, are you crazy? That's it's it's a crime against humanity. Yes, thank God it. No Let longer the people happens. drink. Let the people drink. Yes. Let them drink. Uh, what a great little fun fact to end on. I know. I mean, and that's the end of our History of Election Day episode. I feel like I learned a lot. <laughs> like most founding things that uh, that we do, I don't agree with much. <laughs> Somebody should have called me. <laughs> we're in this mess because truly the founding fathers were like, you know what? I I can't. I don't have this. I don't have the capacity to figure this out now. Let's just table. Let's table it. Let's just table it. And that's and that is how we got here. <laughs> It's because somebody couldn't pull it together to say, let's just pick a day. Yeah. Pick one day. We'll vote then. Yeah. That's all they had to do. Couldn't do it. No. Too tired. They let it go. I love it. As always, I love them. And I love you, sweet, sweet listeners. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As always, you can rate us. You can review us. You can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.